Hi, I'm Kat. And I'm Emma. If you love the Dead Prank podcast, you can help support its future using the ACAST supporter feature. Now, it's up to you how much you give and there is no regular commitment. So if you can and you want to, please do hit the link in the show description to support now. Thank you. Thank you. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hi, welcome to the Dead Prank Club podcast, a community of like-minded young adults who are all grieving a similar loss. I'm Catherine Hooker and I speak with inspirational people from all over the world whose lives have been impacted from losing a parent at a young age. In this podcast, our guests will tell their own grief story, discussing how their losses have impacted their lives and the past they found themselves on. We laugh, we cry, but together we've come to realise that we are far from alone in our own grief journeys. It's hard to say because you do still love her, but you're like, why have you done this? Why have you impacted my life like this? Because I feel today now I'm an extremely different person to how my mum knew me. And I just wish you could see the person I am now because I feel like I've come so far since she passed away in 2017. Hi guys, I hope you're all well. Welcome to this week's episode of the Dead Prank Club podcast. So this is a story about loss and self-love. After losing his mum to suicide in July 2014 while he was working in Cyprus, Jordan underwent his own mental health journey. In this episode, he speaks about the months after his mum's death and the different emotions he went through including anger. He also talks about the impact it had on his own mental health and how a trip to San Fran encouraged him to open up and talk about what he went through. Jordan has learned how to love himself more than anyone else and he'd encourage all of us to do the same as you will hear in this week's episode. I think this is such a raw and open and honest episode and I can't thank Jordan enough for coming on to tell his story. If you enjoy the episode, please subscribe Leave a comment, rate, it helps me to reach more people who need to relate to somebody who's going through something similar. Thank you, and I hope all of you get through the week and manage to find some moments that bring a smile to your face. Thank you, Jordan, so much for coming on to talk with me on the podcast. Um, Sunday morning, so what better way to end your weekend than with a chat about grief? <laughs> um I'm really, you know, appreciate you taking the time to come on and tell yours and your mum's story. And I have absolutely no doubt that this is going to be just a huge help and which will resonate with a lot of people. And I'm, I'm just really looking forward to getting stuck in, you know. I've got a list of everything that I want to talk to you about, so I think it's going to be fab. Um, but yeah, if you wouldn't mind just introducing yourself, like your name, where you're from, just so that people can get to know you a little bit. Awesome. Uh, my my name's Jordan. Uh I currently live in Hull, but I was born in Preston, Lancashire. I'm 23 years old, and I've just graduated from the University of Hull this year, and I'm currently a security guard at ASDA, 
And I've Ooh. also recently just been accepted to study a Master of Public Administration MPA, uh, an MPA degree at San Francisco State University in the States. Now that is exciting. I am very jealous. I, I can't wait. I was, I was meant to leave in July, but <laughs> COVID has delayed everything by like a year. Mm, <laughs> such a bitch, isn't it? I mean, yeah. A how exciting. <laughs> um, so obviously you are on the podcast today because you are part of the Dead Parent Club. Um, if you wouldn't mind just giving us a brief introduction to your individual story and telling us a little bit more about your mum. Uh, yeah, unfortunately I have to be here. <laughs> it's, it's never an exciting yeah. time to tell to talk about I'm your really mum's death. really happy to be here. <laughs> yeah. I, in a sense, I am happy to be here because this, I was saying to you earlier, like I'm re- this podcast has really helped me and I hope my story can also contribute to other people's lives, whether or not they want to come on or just need someone to assimilate to. Definitely, definitely. So, uh, so my mum passed away July 4th, 2017. Uh, she she committed suicide whilst uh, I was working away in Cyprus. Mm. Uh, I was working like 12 to 16 hours days, literally work usually started at seven, finished at seven. I'd go home and I'd just eat food and go to bed. So I received a, a phone call from one of my mum's friends uh, at 10 p.m. So I was literally settling down, ready to go to bed for work in the next morning. And my mum's friend, Diane, she was just in tears. She couldn't formulate the words. It, I was, it was confusing, like, because I, I spoke to my mum, like, a couple of days prior and never, never thought she was down, never thought she was going to, like, kill herself as she did. Yeah. And she, my mum's friend just couldn't relay the message to me. And she said, can you please put me onto your dad? Because my dad lives in Cyprus and I was living with him just to save a bit of money. Okay. And uh, basically, uh, I, had, I passed the phone over to my dad and my dad's face just drops. And eventually the phone call ends and he just looks at me and he just went, your mum's killed yourself, killed herself. And mm-hmm. I was like, what? Like, I couldn't comprehend it. And he said that and he'd go, he just grabbed me and I just started screaming into him, like literally oh screaming. Like, I remember like running into the bedroom where I was sleeping and just screaming into the pillows. I didn't know what to do. I, yeah. I, <laughs> even to this day, I still think it's some sort of practical joke. I don't, ex- I still don't expect it. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not surprised that it is. Yeah, I can't, I cannot I'm begin to imagine myself how that must have been for you. I uh, obviously awful experience awful mm. once I'd settled down it was like dawning like 11 half 11 o'clock uh at night and I just thought I, I don't I don't understand I need to contact people I don't know what to do like so I just started calling all my mum's like family in Ireland and all of her friends and I just said my mum's killed herself she's she's dead like in tears and I think the first people I called was my aunt and she was uh, with my gran at the time, my mum's mum. And they just started screaming down the phone to me. And I was, we were just like oh. crying. Like neither of us believed it. I was kind of hoping that one of them go, because my mum was meant to be flying over to Ireland in the, during the week. And I was kind of hoping to, uh, they'd say like, oh, she's, she's here. It's just a practical yeah. joke. <laughs> I mean, what a sick joke. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I would take a You'd terrible joke. That. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, but, definitely. So, like, once I hung up uh, those, I just started. I didn't know what else to do, so I just started calling other people and just telling them the news. And 
I don't. It must have been really hard. You must have felt really far away. You know, uh, in the I, it's it sucked. Like I was like a five-hour flight away from home, and mm. my dad was like frantically looking for flights to go back the following day. And I remember that night as well. I was like thinking, "Oh shit, I'm I'm not going to be able to turn up for work tomorrow." <laughs> <laughs> and, the thing, the things you think about, like that's the most important thing. <laughs> so I, t- I, t- I text my boss, and I'm like, "I'm not coming in tomorrow." And she obviously she goes, "Why?" And I'm just like looking at the keyboard. I'm like, "What do I say?" And I just mm. blurt out, "My mum killed herself." <laughs> I was like, mm. "That could have been a, probably a more eloquent way of putting that." But that was just—I mean, that was the truth yeah. at the time. <laughs> the thing is, is that like death, no matter how somebody dies, like it's not pretty. It's not like you know, there's no like the experience itself is blunt and horrible. So like, why the fuck should we try and make it nicer? when we tell the people <laughs> like it I know. is what it is isn't it I'm, I'm very much like that today I'm very like open about speaking my mum's death to people mm. who ask about it as well and I occasionally get told off for joking about it but <laughs> I, I I tell them my reasoning and they usually understand after that <laughs> yeah yeah I mean need rather much. laugh than cry <laughs> yeah yeah you've got to find if you if you like cried every time it was brought up you had a conversation about it or you thought about it you'd be absolutely screwed <laughs> you'd spend your life in tears <laughs> <laughs> well yeah exactly i I, re- I remember also the following day because i t- i stopped off at work because i wanted to see all like all my work colleagues and friends before i left and my boss hadn't told anyone actually and that surprised me and i approached my friend chaba and i just went i'm not continuing uh, my training because I was I was training to be a dive master so I was, I was basically learning wow. how to te- teach scuba diving okay yeah and he w- he, j- he just had a look of concern on his face he goes did we do anything to upset you have we hurt you or anything I just went no and my mum unfortunately like uh, like committed suicide last night and his face again just dropped and he just grabbed mm. me into a hug and I just I'd never Aww. felt more comforted in my life because this is like this is someone I'm really close with he was training he was teaching me how I could be a good teacher as well Mm, and mm. he just didn't need to say anything the hug was sufficient and he just he he promised that he'd always like be there for me and stuff yeah it's nice to have it's nice to him so what what were the following months like for you because I could just imagine you know I I feel like for for a lot of people when somebody dies it's obviously really really difficult you have so many questions you could be angry and all sorts but I think you know when somebody has died by suicide there there are such a huge host of emotions that come with that like it must just be an absolute minefield minefield's probably a a great way to sum it up it's a it's a Mm. bit of a blur to be honest like this it's just all merged into one this period I have like times where I like despise her you know and my Mm. sister feels the same and it's it's hard to say because you do still love her but you're like why have you done this why have you impacted my life like this because I feel today now I'm an extremely different person to how my mum knew me and I just wish you could see the person I am now because I feel like I've come so far since she passed away in 2017 I mean for you to even be on this podcast talking about it I'm sure it speaks volumes to yourself as well well I've I've always wanted to come on I just wanted to feel ready and part it took me like 24 hours to choose a a date to come on because I was like (laughs) I want to go into therapy before I do this so I booked a therapy Mm. session nice yeah yeah I, I, I love my therapist we have such a good rapport too 
it's it's oh, really nice good. to have that relationship and I even like we've planned to have a coffee like before I move to the states and I I'd like to keep her as my therapist even when I move we just have to put up with the time virtual difference. sessions yeah virtual <laughs> yeah. zoom sessions yeah yeah no that's brilliant um I mean I know that you mentioned when you kind of filled in like the pre-recording questionnaire thing that like you didn't allow yourself to cry for like a long time oh no after your mum died and I found it very difficult to cry, even at the funeral. And I resonated with a lot of people I heard in your other podcast who said that they struggled to cry. Yeah. Why do you think that was for you personally? In my opinion, I think it was just, it was still shock. I mean, it was still, Mm. the funeral was like two weeks later, but it's just so hard to believe even today sometimes. Like this, Mm. this person was such a prominent figure in my life and it was just taken away in a flash with, I had no idea it was coming. Yeah. Have Have you ever kind of um found out like that she was feeling a certain way afterwards, or is it still just a complete mystery? Yeah, I actually have. Uh, one of my mum's closest friends. Uh, she used to. She came to me. Uh, like a, maybe it was a couple months after or something, and she said. Like she said to me, like a few years ago, your mum would say, sometimes I just feel so down that I just want to crash my car into a wall. And I was like, what? Mm. I was like, I had no idea, no idea. And I just, right now, like the person I am, anyone who says that they're upset or they're just feeling really low, I'm always there to try and like boost their spirits even a little bit. And even if they don't want to talk to me, I'm just, I'm I'm happy to sit in silence and just offer that company. So I wish, I wish she would have like, obviously, confronted me <laughs> but there's yeah. a lot of like hindsight's a bitch <laughs> it is it is you're like, right there's, there's a lot of things you could have done differently but there's no point now the past is the past yeah and like and how are you to know and the, yeah. it's it's a scary thing isn't it with mental illness it's the same with depression alcoholism all of it like it is it's a mental illness like they can't that's like their last their last option they feel like they've there's nowhere else to go and you know I can I can honestly just only imagine how how hard that must have been for you and your sister and for all of her friends and stuff and I mean snaps to you over the last couple of years you really must have had to put in the work to become to get into a good place I didn't see the end of it to be honest like I said three Mm. years it was just a nightmare I couldn't I couldn't envision being happy again (laughs) when was it you think that like so obviously you didn't allow yourself to cry for so long so like when you did eventually kind of start you started allowing yourself to feel those emotions and you know crying is obviously a huge part of like grieving yeah (laughs) it's kind of like breaking down a wall isn't it like when when was that when did that happen for you when I first moved to San Francisco in 2018-19 I met some amazing people and I started that's I feel like that's when I started opening up about my experience because my my problem was felt a lot smaller being in a different continent so it was easier to talk Mm. about with people and they encouraged me to cry and just encouraged me to speak about and I'm like today grateful that I'm still in touch with these people yeah definitely very fortunate in that sense obviously you've kind of you've been on this like journey now of like self-healing and stuff and like you know trying to help yourself become like in a better place so like how has that been for you what kind of things have you like incorporated in your life and where did it start um so my new job at asda actually has 
greatly helped me because I've met some amazing people that just like say it straight how it is and would tell me that and I don't think they even know the majority of the time that they're helping me Mm. Uh, it was just general bullshit and conversations that we talk about but sometimes it goes into something more serious Mm. but like one thing one of my uh, co-workers and friends says to me said to me at work at some point this year was that the most important thing for you to do is like love yourself yeah. And like in the aftermath of my mum's death and perhaps even before, I, I despised who, the person who stared back at me in the mirror. I really did. Mm. It wasn't in like until this year where my colleague Sam told me that I shouldn't care about what people think about me, nor what they say to me in person, that you should always look after yourself as a number one priority. Yeah. And, and today I, I can say I love myself more than anyone else. And I'm proud to say it's true. Although just yeah. because I can say it and show it through my actions in front of people does not mean it gets easier. It, like even today I'm called I, I'm sometimes called egotistical or that I love myself <laughs> too much I'm I always give the same response to be honest I just go so what you should, you, you should love yourself too you should be number you should be your number one priority I'm not yeah. egotistical in the sense that I verbally announce that I'm better than anyone else I only admit that I love myself more than anyone else and not that I think I'm better than everyone else <laughs> I think I think there's a strong difference between that. I think I feel like everyone should have the courage to, to wake up in the morning and look in the mirror and go, "Yeah, I love myself." Yeah, no, I agree, and especially after you've been through something, you know, that you have. I mean, you must have struggled with your like struggling with your own mental health. Did that did that kind of scare you a bit because of your mum? Oh, it scared it scared me. Oh God, I I was even suicide on myself at one point. And mm. a lot of my fa- family members uh, were aware, and it kind of it grew a lot of tension, especially between me and my Irish side. Unfortunately, but we have a we have a great relationship still. But I feel like they s- more saw my actions as selfish and copying my mum. But I was just looking back on this period because I was even sent into like a mental health hospital for a few days. It was yeah. that bad. Yeah. Uh, I was just I didn't. I didn't understand anything like I was just so in pain and I didn't know what to do I didn't know how to fix myself it was I think that was the point I hit rock bottom to be honest mm. yeah no, I, I, I completely resonate with that and it's it's amazing isn't it how like even though you know you've lost your your mum in that way and you can feel frustrated and angry with her for it but you can also appreciate how she would feel like that because you felt like that yourself you felt like there was no future ahead of you um and like I've been there myself like my mental health was awful oh my god god awful <laughs> after after my mum died and um you know there, there were kind of points where I was like I do not want to be here without her like how the fuck do I do anything without my mum being here I'm never going to be happy again <laughs> yeah <That's it. laughs> I'm miserable for the rest of my life <laughs> I, co- I completely get that I really do mm. like me and my mm. sister when my sister comes over we'll sometimes we have mismatching emotions and sometimes I'll be like I'm just really I'm really missing mum today and then I'll and my sister will just come back and she goes I hate mum <laughs> it, it was funny uh, the last time that happened uh, we, I was trying to have like a heart to heart my sister was like just didn't want to talk about it she was just a bit annoyed with her and I just burst into tears and my sister just oh. went oh my god I didn't mean to make you cry I'm sorry oh. I was like I just miss mum yeah and that never ends does it no it never will I feel like it feels it it feels like it you miss them more (laughs) as time goes on yeah whoever said that like it gets easier the time like they're full of shit (laughs) 
really full of shit. Full of shit, really. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think the only thing that worked is that, like, we, we learn more about ourselves, don't we? And, like, oh, yeah. from how we feel. So, like, like from, like, a tangible, a tangible point of view, like, what is it that you've done in your life that's made you feel better and that has helped you, like, that's turned your, like, mental health around? Oh, what? To be to be honest, finishing university was a great start because <laughs> it gave me more mm. time. I was literally, I, I, well, as I was writing my dissertation, I was working forty hours a week as well as like trying to type up. So I was going to work, not having a day off, but just typing away, typing away. Once I finished, yeah. once I graduated from uni, I had like a bit of time off, and I was like, right, I'm bored now. So I just started uh, researching like anything and anything that I was interested in, and just educating myself in general topics and issues, yeah. and just from that education like it, it could have been about mental health or about politics but I felt like it, it really helped turn me around and it gave me a goal like once I graduated uni I knew I wanted to go back to the states and that, I'm just working towards that yeah but yeah. If, if you told me when I come back from the states that there would be a virus and I'm <laughs> going to delay it by another year I think I would have had another me- mental make breakdown to be honest <laughs> <laughs> yeah you'd just rather not know (laughs) it's it was it was such a shock to the system when I came back as well because where I currently live I'm literally a two-minute walk away from where I used to live with my mum oh wow and I came back after being in a different continent and I was just bombarded with all these flashbacks just bombarded Mm. and it just felt like my brain was just attacking me and I didn't know how to stop it Mm. it was it was brutal and that's one of the like also, when I came back, it was 1st of July, I think I arrived, and my mum's anniversary is on the 4th, and yeah. it just was not a good period to be back in the UK. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it would be weird in America as well, right? Because it's in, the 4th of July is Independence yeah. Day, right? like they were putting all the flags up and everyone's talking about how... Partying. Ex- yeah, they were talking about how excited they are for Independence Day. I was like, that's the worst day of my life. I'm never going to celebrate that day. Yeah, yeah. Like It's, it's going to be really interesting for you in America when you kind of have... It's kind of like... It's like it's like Christmas for us, isn't it? Like, it's such a, like, a happy time, but at the same time, like, it's shipmas. Yeah, like, it really it's shipmas. <laughs> I like that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it really, really is. <laughs> One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Um, you also mentioned as well on the, the before we, we were chatting that, you know, you've changed a lot of things in your lifestyle now as well. Yeah. Um, talk to me more about that. I've never used to drink a lot of water before and I just... 
it was that, it was that point of <laughs> desperation where I'm life. like, right, I'm going to look stuff up. I'm going to figure out what's good for my mental health and I'm just going to do mm. it. And like, mm. I completely like changed my diet and start drink, focusing on drinking more water. And as a, and as a result of like just drinking more water, I stopped like reaching for the beer in the fridge and just started pouring yeah. myself more uh, wa- uh, well, water. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, I, I genuinely believe it has been a gr- it's been greatly beneficial to me and my mental health. Mm. Mm. It's true, like you know, if you feel good within yourself, your mind feels better as well. And yeah. you just like I, I'm the same as you, where I don't drink much at all anymore. Like, um, mostly really in the past kind of like year year or so, I've really kind of put down the booze <laughs> all yeah. the last few years, and well, um, you really do notice such a difference. <laughs> you do well. I don't. Like what? I, when I was doing my research, what I learned is that your brain is seventy percent water. Now mm. imagine you don't drink water at all; that mm. brain is just going to be dehydrated all the time and not being yeah. able to f- function at one hundred percent capacity. And that yeah. that just reading that completely changed my mindset. I was like, okay, this could uh, completely change how I feel, and I feel like it has. But obviously, mm. it's not just drinking water and having a diet, but focusing on well in my sense it was education just continuing to learn more about myself or or learn about history or what's going on in the news yeah trying to stay informed yeah and it's like it's like doing more of the stuff that you enjoy like you clearly enjoy yeah exactly doing what you enjoy learning and yeah exactly that's brilliant so obviously you've got kind of people around you now that you feel like you can talk to a lot more about it yeah um you mentioned that a lot of the people that you have around you are people that have also experienced some kind of like trauma or like difficult situation in their lives yeah have you have you found that you've just like naturally like gravitated towards them yeah I said I'm attracted to people with a bit of trauma in their life because the, mm. at least we can understand each other on a different level whilst mm. I, of course I still have friends who haven't experienced quite the same of myself and maybe won't understand but they try to un- like understand my situation which I can really appreciate yeah and I think it's it's helped them too just being yeah. just being more open about my issues and I, I tell them constantly like you need to talk about what's going on. Buried pain does not ne- can never lead to anything good. Mm, yeah, that's so true. I think it's it's funny how you know I I really gravitate towards people that have lost a parent. Yeah, um, obviously I did the podcast. So that's <laughs> they never saw anyway. Surrounded um, by I've, got of, I've got a lot of online friends. <laughs> um, but like even like my you know like my friends from home and my friends from uni and stuff um the relationship that you have with people that have experienced some sort of similar loss to you it's literally incomparable like it's just like you you instantly feel more just like calm and connected and understood yeah, when you're with them exactly my my one of my really good friends ben uh he we spoke last night because he wanted to know more about me doing this podcast and he's one of the people I refer to listen to it as well because a year after I lost my mum he unfortunately lost his mum to cancer and our parents were such good friends too so it's almost like losing a second mum and had to grieve again but I feel like as much as it's horrible it's brought us a lot closer and we try and keep in touch more like a lot regularly and just keep to check on each other make sure we're doing okay 
and there's yeah. a, he's he's living in Bristol right now but we still try and see each other when we can it just it's so nice isn't it like just to have those conversations with people and just and you can be like I'm having a really like griefy day today like I really miss my mum and you're they, they actually get what you mean. <laughs> yeah, they'll come 100% understand it. And it's just nice to be able to feel normal. <laughs> Someone yeah, understands 100%. your pain. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say, uh, I feel like the whole problem is that people don't feel normal anymore when they lose a parent or both of their parents. Mm, mm. You really lose your identity. Yeah. And you, it's like you have to rebuild yourself again. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. That's literally what it is. And that's, that's, literally, that's, that's what you've done. That's what I've done. And like... You like you have to like re-navigate what this new world is going to be without without that person. Um, and it's really funny, isn't it? Because nobody ever told you that before. Like no. before you've experienced grief, nobody will nobody will ever say, you know, just to let you know, whenever somebody that you love does die, your your life is going to completely flip upside down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, just going to be thrown on its head. Yeah, with, like, thank, and you're just going to like flip. right sort yourself out. <laughs> <laughs> honestly literally it's crazy isn't it it does grief is such a mad thing you do feel like one of the loneliest people in the world after it though mm. well that, that literally you do you feel like nobody understands what you're going through yeah or like after the funeral and they're all buried like she's still on your mind but everyone sort of moves on mm. without you you, know, mm. you you just feel like you're sort of stuck in the past yeah you do it's so true and like that is why this podcast is here like that's why i created it it's because like I felt like nobody else understood what I was talking about, and literally, little did I know that I'd it'd be like two years down the line, I'd be talking to people from like all over the world that I never even knew. <laughs> I had like a list of people that I knew when I started it that had a dead parent, and I was like, right, there's about seven or eight people on this list, and maybe that's how many podcasts I'll be doing, and then that'll be it. <laughs> and look, and at it look at it now, over seventy episodes. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy that it's so sad that there's so many of us, but it's also like so comforting as well yeah it's nice to form that community mm. community of people that understand as well mm, yeah literally amazing and especially for people that haven't that don't know anybody that's lost a parent that lives close to them or that they're in contact with it's nice to be part of that like, yeah. online community and see it um from your point of view like the fact that your mum died from suicide do you do you like feel like there is like a stigma attached to that, or like do you feel like it's much less talked about than other like say like for me like my own died of cancer like that kind of rolls off the tongue for me. I feel like it's a very normal thing to say. Whereas do you feel like there's a little bit of like pushback from how your mum died? To an extent, yes. So I feel like su like depression today and suicide is still relatively ignored, and people struggle to listen mm. listen to other people's ailments. Yeah, and. When someone does, like, if even if it's at work and I don't know the, the person that well, I'm like, and they go, ah, uh, not really. I'm like, oh, what's wrong? Tell me. Is everything okay? Uh, back And usually they'll, I, I once had a woman break down and just give me a hug and said, I, I've, I've lost my dad. Like, and she, she was like in her 50s. And I was like, oh, I, I understand totally. I lost my mum too. And just trying to create a bond between it so she knows that she doesn't feel alone. Yeah. I don't, like. Today, I still don't want anyone to feel low, depressed, or that they're a burden on anyone else. Mm, absolutely I, not. I, I felt all those emotions when I tried talking about to people. And it, like, even as a result, I lost friends after my mum's death. Like, Some people just straight up stopped texting me, talking to me, just wanted to avoid mm. me at all costs. 
Just then, because it was uncomfortable and awkward for them. Yeah, yeah. God. And I had slept. I had one friend at the time, uh, I was trying to open up, this is literally within weeks of it happening, and he just went, sorry mate, can we not talk about this, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> oh, oh my god, that's shocking. Like today, I'd be like, no, I'm going to talk about it and you'll listen, but then... Yeah, I... <laughs> sit down, take <laughs> a seat. <laughs> yeah, but then I was like, oh yeah, no worries mate, sorry, and then quickly tried to change the subject as quickly as possible. Oh god, that's unbelievable. <laughs> educate yourselves people <laughs> yes he'll regret that you know when when one of his parents dies or whatever he'll be like fuck like i really messed up there i hope so <laughs> yeah i mean that's the funny thing isn't it like we're just early early to the party like, yeah. everybody else will be joining us at some point but we're just we're just kicking it off early yeah Oh, I don't know how I feel about that party, though. <laughs> it's not one I want to be a part of. Yeah, that, that's that's very true. Yeah, the one you want to, the one you want to arrive too fashionably late rather than early. Yeah, but besides, like the people that probably shunned me away, like I also had amazing people on my side who knew my mum before and even after her death. Like, well, didn't know mm. her after her death, but learned for, about her through me. And yeah. these people, I just, I, I can't thank them enough, to be honest. One, yeah. one of my really uh, close friends, Mikey, when I was having some trouble in Ireland, uh, we, he organised to get me a flight back home and he was going to pick me up from, uh, pick me up and take me and he treated me to a McDonald's. It was legend. Oh, what a gem. I just, oh. It's nice to know, like, even sometimes if my family, for no fault their own, because they're also suffering too. Yeah. But it's nice to know that I have people to fall back on as well. Yeah, definitely. What is your mum's name and what was she like? If you want to talk about her. Yeah, uh, my mum was Denise McNamara, was a maiden name, Beck. Uh, she was 50 when she passed away. She was mm. such a loving and caring woman. Like, I, I remember before she passed away, like, I was, I, I was at university. I, I was able to start paying, like, rent and she didn't want to charge me because she said no you're my mm. son you're my responsibility I'll pay for you although look, looking back I was like I definitely should have contributed some way but <laughs> <laughs> she she was just such a caring and down-to-earth person always up for a laugh and a good time really sociable had a great community of friends loved spending time with her was, I don't know it's just real mm. comforting to be around with like if I was upset she was the one I'd go to and just ask for a hug because her hug yeah. seemed to fix everything and that was I'd say that's another thing mm-hmm. that hug that fixed everything was suddenly gone yeah. Fuck, I, fix anything yeah. I was like I'm completely on my own especially with my dad living in Cyprus mm. like I yeah. the majority of my family live in Ireland or uh, in the States and my dad lives in Cyprus so it's literally just me and my sister here in the UK mm, and really grandparents nice. is your sister in Hull as well yeah she is my closest point of contact thankfully but oh, how old is she? She's 19 now. Oh, bless her. She was 16 oh. when uh, she passed. Yeah. Oh, God bless her. Yeah. But me and my sister, like, before my mum's death, we weren't close. It was that typical, typical sibling rivalry. Like, mm. we, just, we, we were mortal enemies. <laughs> <laughs> classic. Yeah, classic. And since that, since then, we've just, we're almost like, we're, we are best of friends now. I try, oh, I, and, I try and see her every week and make sure she's okay. And yeah. my sister is still in a phase, I believe, where she doesn't want to talk about 
her emotions but mm. when she comes over i try and bring it out a little bit <laughs> Force it out yeah. like, oh, speak, speak to me. <laughs> <laughs> that's so important that's really good i mean it's thank god that you've got each other yeah I mean, she's uh she says i feel so selfish but i don't want you to move to san francisco who am i gonna have just go with you (laughs) no i was like if i get citizenship you'll be able to come (laughs) yeah yeah oh bless her oh um so when you first like listen to the podcast and stuff you you know obviously you notice that there aren't that many instances of people coming on that have lost a parent to suicide yeah um so what what would you say to somebody who is listening now who has lost a parent recently to suicide? Um, what would you say to them? Pretty much consistent what I've been saying throughout this episode, to be honest. Speak, speak your truths. Tell people how you're feeling. It's not a great situation to be in at all. It's awful. It's one of the worst scenarios imaginable uh, for some to lose a parent, especially if you're as close as uh, me and my sister were to our mum. I'd also recommend therapy as well. Therapy is brilliant. Like I I'd attended a therapy session on Friday just before I came on this podcast just to make sure I was feeling okay. But mm. there's also a thing about therapy. If you're someone who wants, let's say, my dad tried to put make me go to therapy and I really did not appreciate that. I felt like I was being forced into opening up about something I didn't want to. I, I, need to, yeah. uh, I feel like I just wanted to be ready in my own terms. And the first therapy session was like, it was okay. I said, I didn't want to go back to it. And then the second one, they made me go to a group therapy session and I just hated every second of it. <laughs> I felt, I've never felt more judged in my life. Like, wow. Uh, because I was, I remember like it was coming around to me when I was in therapy. And I, I spoke my truth. I said, my mum passed herself. I was even getting really emotional. And this guy says, are you on any medication? I was like, yeah, 10 milligrams at the time. Mm. And he went, what? You're on less than me and you're more fucked up than I am. And I was like, <gasps> what? You oh can't say God. that. So after that, I was like, no, nah, I'm not going back to that. I'm pissed off that you made me go to this. But yeah. I, I would definitely recommend, I would definitely say, don't force anyone to do therapy if they don't want to, because they'll do it when they're ready and if they're ready. Yeah. I mean, and I do think you do have to be in a position where you're mentally prepared to open up those wounds. Like, yeah, like, like these are open wounds. Yeah, it's like rubbing, pouring salt into them. Mm, yeah, definitely. Um, what else would you say to them? Say like about like, I don't know, like their future and like, like how grief like progresses over time. It's not linear for certain. It's not. Like there'll be days where you'll feel like you're on top of the world even. And then there'll be days where you just want, I'm not getting out of bed today. I really can't do it. Mm-hmm. I've, even, I've even taken like sick day. I've taken one sick day from work because I just was not in the m- mental capacity to have to go to work and do my job essentially. So I just called yeah. it sick. But I can't do that too frequently because I won't get paid. <laughs> I mean, it's screw sick pay, right? Yeah, it's <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> it would be so nice if we could just have a nice little mental health day. Yeah, like, exactly. You know what? I'm grieving today. I just want to stay at home in my bed. In bed, put Netflix on, cup of tea, mm, sort. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that make me feel much better. <laughs> um. Hey, okay, well, my final question for you is: How do you think your loss has changed you? 
and like do you think that it's made you or it's going to make you go about your life differently uh it's definitely changed me for for a fact I feel like I'm more focused on myself I used to I don't know just allow things to happen around me and just go with the flow but now I'm like putting my head down and I just I've got to focus on where I want to go and I'm putting all the work and effort into that and I feel like if you can focus on something in the future it can take your mind off the past too and you're just not sitting dwelling in your own head stuck in your own head about the trauma you've just gone through yeah but I on top of that like something I have been watching on tv I've I've been watching like a lot of uh, modern war stuff and, and one of them is a medal of honor recipient and medal of honor is the highest award uh, a military soldier ca- can receive and it basically means uh, the majority of people who receive it uh, receive it when because they die trying to protect their troops or something and ty carter he was he is very open about his experience in uh, the afghanistan war because he his base was set at the, bo- at the bottom of three mountains and he had three to four hundred taliban just shooting down at his troops Every well, it was less Taliban throughout, but there was this one specific day where they were just focusing fire on him. And one of his, uh, he he didn't get on well with his uh, troops, but one of his uh, uh, comrades uh, was hit by an RPG, and he was watching from this armored Humvee. Uh, his his friend just screaming for help, and he's saying to his uh, like sergeant, going, "You got to let me get him." And he's going, "No, I can't lose another person." And he's going, "I'm going to go out and get him regardless." And he's like, right, I'm going to provide cover fire. So he literally runs to this guy's aid, does the basic bare minimum, like putting his legs in a splint, and uh, rushes him back to aid station where he unfortunately passes away. But he talks even today mm. about, well, he calls it PTS, not PTSD, because his he says that same PTSD, uh, uh, post-trauma... Oh, Post-traumatic stress. Post-traumatic stress, thank you. <laughs> Uh, disorder is it's not a disorder because anyone who suffers through trauma is is not abnormal it's not a disorder Mm. everyone will suffer with pts post-traumatic stress Mm. and i just i i resonated with that strongly and i was like yeah it's not a disorder i'm not abnormal for having to go through this pain and having to readjust and figure out where i am in my life it's it's just post-traumatic stress yes i love that that's brilliant um and also so true I know so many people that have experienced signs of like, you know, post-traumatic stress and they say it's like PTSD and stuff, but I think that's such a good way of putting it where it's not a disorder. It's not, and it's not really like temporary either. You know, like you're going to have signs of it for your whole life. It kind of comes in waves, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. As we say. Um, So yeah, that's, that's such an important thing to finish on. Um, Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Honoured to be on. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Dead Prank Club podcast. I so hope that you've enjoyed it and you found some comfort in the stories that you've heard here today. As always, I would just like to remind you that neither myself nor any of the guests that come onto the show are healthcare professionals. Therefore, if you do find yourself struggling with your grief, I highly recommend that you seek out professional help, whether that be from your GP or from the numerous charities out there that are available to you. Please also remember that you can reach out to us at any time on Instagram at DPC Podcast, 
on Facebook at The Dead Parent Club and you can email us at dbcpodcast at hotmail.com. Alternatively, you can check out our website where a resources page is also available at www.dpcpodcast.co.uk. Also, please don't hesitate to contact me if you want to get involved in the podcast in any way, whether that be coming onto the show or to write a blog for us as well. Coming onto a podcast isn't your thing. Thank you so much once again for listening and we'll see you next week. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.